Hello and welcome back to another Buffy podcast. I'm Trevor. And I'm Kristen. And we are going to geek out about Angel. Today's episode is season one, episode 20, Warzone. It's a, it's a great episode. It's a great um, episode. I have a couple of issues. It's a mostly, and it's not even like really plot based issues that I have. Yeah. One of my main issues for, for anybody uh, following along and not watching along, this is the episode where Gunn comes to, comes into play and it's Woo-hoo. following the, the story of Gunn and also this demon brothel as like a B story. Yeah. Um, that's one of my <laughs> issues. <laughs> um, but I, I want to say, I really wish this happened. I know we joked about it last week um, <clears throat> that that I always think that Gunn comes in earlier, a yeah. lot earlier. Mm-hmm. And watching this, I'm like, I really wish Gunn and his sister were introduced in like episode three or four. Mm-hmm. And then we follow them throughout the season. And we get, because right now his sister just serves as a plot point. And then they fridge her and then yeah. we move Gunn along. And I'm like, it would be so much more impactful. Like the scene is emotional at the end, but it would be so much more powerful if we've spent the whole season like following these kids just fighting against all odds. Yeah. And then he finally, I don't know, it just, I, I was just like, man, why are we doing this? Two episodes before the finale. This is yeah. weird. Also, is it fridging if you don't care about the character? <laughs> does it still count? <laughs> I think it does, yes. <laughs> I mean, I t- no, I totally agree with you because, you know, to, to cut all the way to the end, her death only serves as, like, an emotional, um, like, hinge for Gunn. Like, there's no right. other purpose for it. that's it, it's like his it's his jesse moment if we're if yeah. we're gonna go with xander which also kind of makes me annoyed because i don't necessarily think like that just makes me feel like these writers are lazy where i'm like yeah. so you're introducing the the like male human character with a chip on his shoulder that's gonna join this group of demon hunters and you have to make him kill the vampire that used to be his yeah. sister. Like, <laughs> They're like, oh, I know. We've done this before. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> watching it this time, I was like, huh. I was like, "That's ex- this is exactly what happened to Xander in The Harvest. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, uh, I guess it's fine. Yeah. yeah, it's a bummer. Um, So we open up on, on Gun's sister walking yeah. down the alley. This is very, uh, like season one of Buffy yep. too, like this vibe of just like this helpless girl running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was laughing though at like these three vampires cornering her because yeah. I was just like, this is overkill, guys. Yeah, like, like, what are we doing? <laughs> also, like, she's like so tiny. Like how, yeah. you know, not everybody actually has eight, eight pints of blood in them. It does right. differ depending on you're your size. You're not going to get much out of her, guys. Like you're not all three going to get a full meal out of this tiny girl. <laughs> um... And then they basically uh, reveal, like, they, we cut to the credits and reveal that, you know, Gunn's there. And he's like, oh, not not today, bitch. Yeah. And they start fighting. Uh, I do love, like, because we haven't actually seen it in a minute. But, like, it was one of the things early, like, in episodes, like, the first five episodes where Angel has, like, trinkets and stuff. Like, little, like, weapon things. But yeah. I do love that, like, Gun's squad has, like, a 50 cal that shoots yeah. stakes. I, like, That's amazing. I think it's really funny. All it this stuff really that they have. It's, it's 
it's pretty good. And they're like pretty good at it too. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too, is if this happened earlier in the season, I think it'd be mm-hmm. a really great story element of yeah. like Angel's not Angel's not the savior. Yeah. Like taking away that savior idea of like, well, LA was a mess before Angel came. It would be more like Angel has to share Los Angeles with other people who are also fighting. Like I think that right. would be much more interesting. But the show presents it as like angel came and so now somebody's finally standing up and then when anybody else does they're just like they can't stand up to angel i'm like guys there's also there's also we'll i'll get into it more when we get there because it's not till the very end but there are several conversations between two white people about how unfortunate it is that all of these black and brown kids are living in like a warehouse yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is not great. Not, this is not what you want to be doing, guys. Um, we go to Cordy, Wes, and Angel at a rich people party. Oh, I've missed that smell. Come on, Bear, I believe. What? No, money. I like to smell a little money once in a while. She's not just saying that. Find some in the office sometime and watch her. It's uncanny. Um, I love, I love the that. Joke. That it's just that. That's just the thing. It's just a rich people party. Every yeah. once in a while, they get to go to a rich people party. Yeah, it's so funny. And it was orchestrated by Cordelia, which is great. She's like, "Oh, it has to be a lot of people around at yeah. night at your house." Um, I love that Angel jokes that he leaves money around the office just to watch Cordelia smell it. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I, bu- I buy so it too. I believe yeah, no, he. Totally. I believe that's like a party trick. Yeah, he's like, this is hysterical. Um, and then uh, I love, are you familiar with Dungeons and Dragons? And Angel's like, yeah, I've seen a few. <laughs> I've seen a few. He's such a fucking idiot. Especially like, here's the thing too. It's one of the things that, and, and there's really no excuse for me to be comparing him to Spike right now. But it's one of the things where like, it, it annoys me because he also lived through, through the 70s and 80s. And he just doesn't engage with the culture. Like, yeah. I feel like Spike could DM a D&D game right now. That like, if somebody just was like, our DM is sick, can you do it? I think he'd do it. I think he'd fanfic. just, like, make it happen. <laughs> and, like, yeah, somebody write a fanfic. Someone over at Elysian Fields, do me yeah. a solid and write a fanfic. <laughs> and so that's the thing where I'm just sort of like, the fact that Angel doesn't even know that it's a game until Wesley is like, oh, you mean the role-playing game? Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, game. And I'm like, oh, right. come on, man. I've never played one single minute of Dungeons & Dragons, and I've known what it was since I was in middle school. To be fair, he was eating rats during all of that. <laughs> he was in this alleyways and sewers You're telling rats. me, you're telling me nobody in the 70s and 80s in dirty downtown Los Angeles was, like, sneaking into the sewers to play D&D <laughs> so they wouldn't get accused of satanic panic? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like you're, you're no, I don't buy it. No, <laughs> Angel's just a dummy. Um, and then this guy reveals the demon brothel aspect of the B story, <clears throat> which is not really anything interesting. Uh, gun, it is the the demon brothel is interesting. The story surrounding it is nothing. Right. Yeah. Um, Except Gun, it introduces David because he comes back right. a handful he comes of times. Back. Yeah, yeah. I, I love him. He's yeah, he's the, funny. It's the also a little dork. Michael Bolton from Office Space. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, Gun and crew are the fighting the vamps. This is where we come back to them and they're fighting. Uh, one of them gets injured, and I feel like he didn't get hit hard enough 
for I feel he got yeah. like doubled over on I the side know. of the truck. He didn't get bit or cut or stabbed or anything. And then they're like limping him back, and he's just like, "Oh, I don't." I was like, "Wait, you got like knocked over?" Yeah. <laughs> It's like that's one of that's one of my issues with this is that it's all a little and it goes back to your point where I also wish that it would have like carried over a little more throughout the season. Because if we had gotten to know any of these people or if even like Gunn's team was like on a downswing and they like kept losing people or, yeah. or like literally anything to make this like resonate emotionally but at this point it's like the guy was doing like the 50 cal steak machine thing and then he gets like sort of tackled by a vampire and then you're right they are like walking him like he like halfway under his own steam back into their like little house or whatever and and then he just expires on the ground and you're like i i guess but like what and so it just nothing it just doesn't none of it really resonates as emotionally as it should. And like, honest to God, props to Jay August Richards, because he does such an amazing job. I, he's such a gifted actor and he is so, yeah. so good at his job. And I think he has like such a lock on on gun from minute one where yeah. he just knows what who he is. He knows what he's doing. He's there with like 100 percent of it. And I think that makes his performance a lot more. Um, like nuanced and realistic from the jump. And I yeah. think the issue is that like, th- I think they knew that he was going to recur, like at the very least in the finale, like he does. Right. Um, And so I think because of that, maybe they like picked someone of like a higher caliber, like J. August Richards is a little higher caliber, but, but the rest of the people on his like crew are just day players. Like I, you know, and I, I don't mean that to sound mean, but it's like none of that. He is outclassing running circles around all of them. All of them. Yeah. And so it's like the story, in my opinion, only works because of the performance that he gives. Yeah. Everybody else is giving like a 90s special. Vibe, exactly. Like. And it's like, I, that's fine. You you know, do you you got your is, is this what got you your SAG card? I'm super happy for you. But like, it's just is it's sort of comical watching it because we're supposed to be really bent out of shape about this guy dying. And then later his sister. And it's mostly to the point where I'm like, I don't care about any of that. The important part of this episode is that he has like made a peace with angel and he can recur now. And I think that's a little unfortunate because if we had enriched the surrounding players, this episode would have been a little bit better and then there are more episodes later where his crew comes back and those would have had a more of a punch as well but as it stands like none of that really builds on itself that's yeah that's what i think would be cool is like if this so like say this episode happened in the beginning of the season and his even if his sister died it would make sense that he wouldn't join angel right away because he's like my sister was killed by vampires like i'm not about to come work for a vampire yeah um, and then you you watch slowly his team is getting killed, and by the end of the season he realizes like well, I can't do this. Yeah, I like all of my friends are dying, and that's when he decides to go join Angel. But yeah. there's still some left, and then when those come back to him, yeah. later they're like, "What the fuck, man? You left!" Like 
it would be and and I say all this loving gun story as it is. Oh, yeah. Like I'm not saying yeah. it's terrible and I'm I wish they did it different. It's just when I get to the I think the reason I always think it's earlier is because I expect it to be. I want mm-hmm. to have a whole season of like building up with gun. Well, and the other thing too is like the the story is as effective as it needs to be. It just goes back to the thing we've been saying about season one of Angel the whole time, which is that everything feels a little bit too choppy. Because they were trying to do the Buffy season one thing and have a bunch of monsters of the week so that they could grab a bunch of people, a bunch of viewers all throughout the first season, because that's what, you know, TV used to be. Um, And so that's just the kind of thing where it's like, no, I love this as is. And I think it's it's like a perfect episode of Angel. It's a perfect episode of TV. It's great. It just watching it especially through a lens of 2022 when we've got all this prestige tv that's like you know things are incredible from episode one and they only get better until the end of you know the limited series at episode 10 right it, it, going back is sort of like man there's a lot of wasted opportunity yeah but it's just it was just the nature of television 20 years ago and yeah. you can't really do anything about it yeah you just gotta take it all <laughs> um and so then we go to the demon brothel. Angel walks in and is immediately turned away because he's a vampire, which is great. Okay. <sighs> that is hilarious. I do love that they're like willing to to take everybody but vampire, like all demons yeah, except va- vampires. Like, I think yeah. that's pretty funny. Here's the thing, too. I love the notion of a demon brothel. I think it's a really interesting thing to do. Um, I do think it runs the risk of going a little like Star Trek with the like demon makeup and stuff. And also it is comical to me that that demon woman comes out and she's got like hair, but also like lionfish like spines and stuff. And then she's just wearing like human lingerie. Yeah. Like somebody on the production, like somebody in the costume department went to Fredericks of Hollywood and was like, this is what a girl at a demon brothel would wear. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because it's like they basically were like, we need a hot woman with cleavage and lingerie to come out and then put a little bit of demon stuff on the back of her head. But don't like mess with her face or her chest or anything. Yeah. It's like. Uh, I feel like you guys could have went somewhere with this and well, instead so that's the it thing just too. feels like a brothel. Yeah, that's the thing too. Like I'm aware that this was a network television show in the year 2000. So I'm obviously not thinking we're going to get anything like super kinky. Like she's not going to have three tits or anything. <laughs> but I do feel like it's sort of shockingly lacks imagination to but just even, have that. Even with the limitation of network yeah. TV, you could do something like a woman comes out no clothes on, but mm-hmm. because she doesn't have breasts or whatever, like she could just yeah. be completely naked and it would make sense with network television because like, oh, yeah. well, she's just this. But then something about her is seductive. Like she's got this thing with her face or whatever, but they didn't, they just did the thing that TV, that network yeah. TV did. They were like, well, this is sexy. And it's like, well, you and guys also- built this whole thing up. Why did, why, why are they choosing to go here yeah. instead of a regular brothel? Like what's the difference? A hundred percent. And there's also, like um i don't want to i can't believe we're we've already spent as much time talking about this as we have and i'm gonna (laughs) keep going but like it's literally the fact that it's like it's a human corset it's like a human corseted bustier and like panties and like a robe or whatever and i'm like it just looks tacky too 
like I'm yeah. like this is supposed to, a billionaire billionaire David Nabbit is going to this, this I mean he's like sort of inept at yeah. talking to women but care, like yeah. it's such a tacky I don't know I feel like she should just be wearing like a silky nightgown or something it's the core <laughs> it's the Fredericks of Hollywood part of it that I, I'm not yeah. gonna get over like that's it what it looks feels like cheap, yeah. it feels so she, cheap she teases Angel with her tail and there's a whole sound effect and everything I'm like yeah. oh there is also there's a, a semi corresponding episode of Bones where they have to go to a strip club to like investigate and he starts sort of getting a lap dance and I just David Boreanaz is so funny when he's playing sort of like a flustered embarrassment. I don't know. I, I think that the demon brothel is a miss. I just think it could have been cool because it's also which we've talked about before. It's one of those things that like we could have come back to like a few times you know like right you're telling me these demon sex workers don't have their ear to the ground like finding right. out about stuff that could be helpful to angel but it's like it goes sort of again back to the the gun and his crew part of it where it's like on the outside of like the direct mentions of it in this episode we there's just a bunch of white privileged people talking about how unfortunate it is that yeah. there's this brothel and that black and brown kids are living together in a crappy warehouse in downtown Los Angeles. And I'm like, if you're going to say the thing and you're going to do the thing, I wish you would do the thing. Right. And they're just like, they're like, well, we've said it. So that's enough. Yeah. And I'm like, now, yeah, we feel enough. bad. So we've done our part. <laughs> yeah, it's not enough. Just feeling bad is is not good enough. No, not enough. Um. And then Gun, we go to Gun's sister talking to Gun about them losing people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then that's when Angel shows up. They say some guy's been jumping, jumping rooftops, which is funny. Yeah, um, he does do that. I like the way he interrogates this guy. It's very threatening. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, they do the whole gun sees him and vampire face making like vampire threats. And yeah. I'm like, okay, we got to make this happen. <laughs> Um, and then what's the dorky guy's name again? David. Alan? David. Yeah. David pays Cordy and Wes, and they're aghast. I and Cordelia says, "I like David. It's such a strong, masculine name. It just feels good in your mouth." I feel like it has to be like tens of thousands of dollars, right? Yeah, that that reaction from them, I'm like, you yeah. guys are set for like a year. I a think. year. I was gonna say like maybe like forty or fifty thousand dollars in the year yeah. two thousand. That would be like quite a lot of money for them. Yeah, <clears throat> for one job. Yeah, yeah. And which they're um, not even done with at that point. Right. Wes is like, well, we still have to finish, and he's like, I just, and he was like so grateful that they yeah. stayed and hung out and talked to him and weren't just like, all right, peace out. Which he's is just partly a, because Cordelia wanted yeah. to hang out of the party but also like they're not dickheads so he's just like a lonely rich guy that just like wants friends and he doesn't know how to talk to women and i'm just sort of like give look like help him talk to women like yeah it's doable (laughs) give him some pointers (laughs) yeah um angel comes for the photographs and this guy springs a demon on him uh and then angel gets chased by guns people what's what's interesting is the graduation day score is playing during this chase is it yeah i don't have quite um, the same ear for music that you do and that will does either he always <laughs> recognizes stuff like that and i'm just like cool music sounds like it's on angel <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah every time it comes in i'm like oh i guess i guess they didn't want to score this part <laughs> um angel and then angel spares a human and then he saves gun's sister and they let angel go um it's all good i don't really have anything to say about it he of that. does get uh he gets staked and stabbed yeah, he gets pretty fucked up. Yeah, I do love um, 
when like he's really he, Cordelia is like patching him up and he it's one of those things that I feel is a little inconsistent because sometimes he gets staked and he's like or shot with an arrow or whatever and he's like fine and he's like seems like he's really milking it like he's pulling a Draco Malfoy yeah <laughs> where he's like it hurts like oh, I, no. I, I definitely got beat up <laughs> And I, I just think it's sort of funny that, like, sometimes when the plot calls for it, he the same injuries as before hurt worse. <laughs> Listen, he just likes having Cordelia dote over him. Uh, dude, I get it. <laughs> um. So, yeah, she she's healing Angel. And I love the joke that Angel wants to see the check again to just make it just to feel like yeah. it's all worth it. He's like, this is a lot. Can I see that check again? Um vampire giving a rousing speech to his guys he kills his own dude yeah i don't these vampires also are just sort of like they suck what what are we doing this also at least um explains why three were chasing his sister in the beginning because it's like it's known that these kids are like causing a problem for them yeah but if it's known then like why are you chasing her it's very obviously a trap yeah um gun and sis and friend discuss angel the sister and friend are both like, well, Angel like straight up saved her life. Yeah. So they're torn about it. Angel shows up to the vamp spot. I love he steps out of the way and the vampire falls. It's so funny. (laughs) He's really good at stuff like that. I I really like when they let him be kind of suave because it's also a nice juxtaposition against when he doesn't know what things like Dungeons and Dragons are. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's like the perfect combination of like smooth and a dork. Yeah. I I really love that line. So as of today's recording, our graduation day part one episode just came out and we were talking about him tripping through the door um, into the volcanologist's apartment. And you're totally right because it's like he does stupid stuff like that and again that was like david boreanish just did it and then they played it off and it worked and so they kept it but um i just i do think that it's really fun because he's so handsome and so like and like david boreanish as a man i imagine can like be pretty suave when he like needs to be and so it's just it is then funny watching him be such a doofus yeah i just think it's so fun (laughs) That's great. It was, it's what it's the magic of the show, honestly. Yeah. The cat, the cast, and then that that all personality change of Angel. Yeah. Um, vamps, storm in, and steel gun sister. This is rough, actually. I know we we said we don't get a lot of time to um spend with his sister, but watching Gun's performance, watching his sister get eaten, yeah. is rough. That's the um, that's the thing is like J. August Richards is so amazing. He he's like, like carrying this yeah, whole episode. A hundred percent. Um and then Wes and Cordy are in a convertible investigating. Uh did they hold on, did they already get the photos back? Uh yes. Because there's like that hilarious where Wesley is looking at the photos. Yeah. And he's like, oh God. And then Angel's like, it's upside down, and he turns it over <laughs> and he's like even more alarmed. Yeah. And then <laughs> Oh, yeah, because it's when they're patching up Angel and Cordelia is like, how does that feel? And he's just like, it can't be comfortable. (laughs) I think it's so funny. I'm just you're just trying to imagine like what is happening in this photograph. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, I love that. I love those little mo- those yeah. little Pulp Fiction type I, moments I also, where you can't see the thing. Yeah, I love stuff like that in, in anything where someone's like looking at like a like a dirty photo or something and it's like oh yeah. actually that's upside down and then they turn it around and they're yeah. like oh god even worse yeah because <laughs> nothing that they funny. would show you as the audience would yeah. ever live up to the of reactions course, of the yeah. actors yeah so i love that 
Um, Angel shows up to Gun and Crew. I don't need advice from some middle class white dude that's dead. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> look, Angel, if you want to improve your city, you should really be doing some philanthropy. <laughs> yeah, like you're not helping by just talking down to them. Uh, and then they lock Angel up. Uh, gun and crew show up. Gun goes down alone. Yeah. And he walks in on his dead sister. Um, well, she's a vampire. And he, fig- he figures it out pretty quickly. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I like it. Um <laughs> I like the beginning of it. I don't like I don't like the near the end of it and then I like, sure. you know, him killing her. I like her it, what I think what bums me out is it feels close to Fool for Love or not Fool for Love um season 7. Mm. Uh it feels close to that style of thing, but that's not the direction they go in and it ends up being just like, you know, she does she just wants to turn him and yeah. uh I, I like also, it starting out with her being like, <clears throat> it's exhausting doing what we're doing. It's I feel so free. Like I love yeah. this actual convincing and gun listening to her. And you can just tell he's like letting her say her piece and he's not yeah. really thinking about it, but it's still like he's going through so much emotion by not doing anything. J. August Richards is yeah. killing Again, this scene. so good. And I think I think part of it is there just is like this. It's again, you know what it, I actually have just pinpointed what it is. It's the um, the sexually liberated evil female. Yeah. That's what it is again, because it's like, it, I can't say it actually crosses the line into her trying to fuck her brother, but right. it's like not, not that. And so <laughs> it's just like, the, so she's evil now. She's a vampire. She's evil. She doesn't have a soul. And immediately she's just got this weird kind of loose sort of sexual swagger kind of thing yeah. going. And she does that thing that it's a very 90s and 2000s, especially evil female character thing where she go her voice gets like deeper and kind of raspy and like a vocal fry kind of thing but it's like i don't know if there was like some sort of acting teacher in the 90s that was telling people to do this but it's you gotta do this very off-putting to me i don't like when anybody does it and it happens a lot um so it just you're totally right about the beginning of the conversation where she's like aren't you tired? Like, I'm right. so tired. You can just stop doing this and then you won't have to be tired anymore. Like, right. that part is great. Ever since I can remember, you've been looking out for me. <sighs> you don't have to anymore because I'm good and it's my turn to look out for you now. How? Look at you. You running and hide and cold and hungry. You call that living? You are the one who's falling now. Let me catch you. Don't you want to stop falling? Because I identify that with that where I was like, I feel like I would be tempted with that idea of like, fuck, I don't have to spend every single day in fear and exhaustion fighting against this thing. But then, yeah, that's the part that I don't like is at the end when she's Mm -hmm. going in for the bite, it feels and sounds very sexual. And I'm like, what are we doing? say goodbye to everything you ever knew yeah it's that part's not my favorite like and also if she had just been like a girl in the crew then that could work but it's like you straight up made her his sister like right that like, was on why you. are you doing this <laughs> and then you made it weird and sexual like yeah both of those and things didn't have to happen also it should feel it shouldn't feel like that because 
it would make it i mean it's already obviously hard for gun and you yeah. can see that in his performance but like it should be so hard mm-hmm. she should be talking to him like nothing's changed yeah. except she's happier and more confident and or uh and less tired yeah so that when he kills her like it feels like killing your sister but turning her into this sex addict essentially yeah. is just like well you're clearly not my sister so like yeah making your sister making his sister come on to him is like well, he's like, oh, okay, well, then definitely no, because when right. she was alive, she didn't want to fuck me, and that was better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> same, same thing, speaking of Graduation Day Part 1, the thing we talked about where they made the guy flirt with Faith, yeah. and it's like, well, that doesn't make him deserve to die. What are we doing here, yeah, guys? I'm Why not, are we making I, people sexual before I don't they get know. killed? It doesn't really... And also, like, because we did talk about that, where I was like, it's not that he's coming on to her, but, like, she's so pretty and like she's just like a pretty young thing that like comes into his house yeah and i feel like he's and she just asks sort of, if he's a if he's alone and yeah he's like, i don't know yeah, it, yeah. yeah it's dumb it's weird um, it, there's like so much like really unfortunate sexual politics yeah just because of like the time frame that these shows came out that i yeah. often i more often than not i just brush past them but like when you are when you have an episode with a demon brothel that you never bring back and don't utilize properly, and then you also are doing like half of an incest thing in your big emotional climax of the episode, I'm like, I feel like you deserve to have me call you out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we cut to Cordy and Wes helping Angel out of the elevator. He's been, we've been cutting back to him just punching the wall, and yeah. they're like, did you not think to use your cell phone? Uh, <laughs> I love that Angel's like, I just thought it would be faster to like punch my way out of the elevator. He's also like, these things never work. And I'm yeah. like, oh, look, I know it was the year 2000 and we, that's, you know, sure. Cell phones were not as good back then, but like, come on, he man. Is, yeah, it's he better is than nothing. A, he is such an old man. And then so uh, we come back and gun lies and says he wants to be a vampire so she'll get close he kills yeah. her angel's there angel saw it i think that's it's important that he saw it i wish he said something more like are you all right but he's just like let's get out of here yeah um and then the vamps show up uh and i love angel disposing of the one dipshit he's like you're not like you think <laughs> you're something you're literally nothing who the hell are you you know who you're talking to you fool name's angelus <laughs> I wasn't actually talking to you. You're not anything. It's it because that harkens back to Buffy too, where like every time um she you know, she like meets some vampire and she'll just like make a quip about like knowing who they are or something, and they're like, Oh my god, really? And she's like, No. <laughs> like <laughs> you're you nothing. nothing. <laughs> like I've already done this three times tonight. You are the lowest of yeah. the low. I do not care. Uh, and he refers to himself as Angelus, which I feel like is a way to invoke fear mm. potentially in these other vampires if they're sure. old enough to yeah. know who Angelus is. Because otherwise, it's just like, why do you yeah. say Angelus? They seem like they might be um, yeah. at least old enough to have like heard stories. Although yeah. at this point, I mean, at this point, he's been Angel for, like, nearly as long as he was Angelus. So it's sort of like, are you really striking fear into people? Do they, do they know that you haven't been yeah, doing anything haven't, for 100 years? They haven't heard from you in a while. <laughs> um, I love that it doesn't end in a fight. I love that they yeah. weren't like, we have to do a big set piece. Like, they were just like, no, let's fucking yeah. call this off and not everybody die. Um, 
And then we go to Wes and Cordy out in the sun talking about, oh, how sad it is. Yeah, that part, that part is terrible. But but the prostitute part is hilarious. I have so much to say about this because I don't think Cordelia is off the point. I don't think so either. I think there's absolutely nothing wrong. She's like, he's a nice guy and he wants companionship and I want security. What the hell? And I'm like, that happens all the time. All the time. And what she's I love, going into it with her eyes open. Yeah, she's not like lying, lying about it. And I, what I really love is that Wesley doesn't look down on her. He doesn't talk her out of it. He mm-hmm. doesn't disparage the idea. He's literally just like, do you think you can do that? Because yeah. it is a thing that you would have to like come to terms with. Like, it's not just like, oh, I'm just going to go hang out with this guy for money. Like, you have to sure. like get just get your make sure you're in the right headspace and he's just like is that something you think you could do and she's like trying to convince herself and he just lets her do it and she like talked herself out of it but like i like that wesley isn't just like oh well you can't just do that (laughs) here's the thing i just don't know how to explain how for sale i am (laughs) so like if the opportunity presented itself I would just, I just do it. I just want to make it clear. <laughs> I'm so You're for like, sale. I've talked to Will about it. He understands. <laughs> it's okay. It's literally, it's the type of thing where like, if you, it's those hypothetical situations or like an indecent proposal type of situation where it's like, oh my God, would your spouse let you sleep with someone who looks like Robert Redford for a million dollars? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> Like if if Will came home and told me someone offered me a million dollars to sleep with them, but I didn't want to cheat on you, I would be like, okay, well, where are Are they? And also, I'd like a divorce because I can't believe you (laughs) You turned down a million dollars. Like, are you kidding? Right. I like don't even want to. This isn't this isn't about love or anything. Just go do the thing. Jesus. I don't even want to talk about the things that I would do for a million (laughs) dollars. Like, again, so for sale. This is a whole new podcast. I'm just saying, like, there's so many people are so precious, so, like, morally precious about it, where they're like, well, I could never cheat on my spouse. And I'm like, it's not cheating if it's transactional. (laughs) Yeah, you're just making money. If it's transactional and you've talked about it, and it's similar to, like, I see all kinds of things where it's like, would you punch your dad in the face for, you know, $100,000? And I'm like, I would punch my dad in the face for free. Yeah. you're going to give me $100,000? Absolutely. Yes, please. I'll yeah. do it right now. Like, That's like those those TikTok trends where they were like, would you would you do X for a billion dollars? And he's like, yes, of course. And they're like, what? Really? It's like, do you have any idea how much a billion dollars okay. is? I would do anything for a billion dollars. It would be easier for me to tell you the things I wouldn't do <laughs> right. for a billion dollars, which is anything murder. against someone else's consent and murder. Those are yeah. like the only things I won't do for a billion dollars. Yeah, it's so much money. I like, I don't know. I just don't know. And so I'm sort of like, I do, I kind of, I, this is, this would be such a different television show, but there is a part of me that's like, I wish we could have seen Cordelia actually do this for a while. Like, right. and then she realizes she's in love with Angel and she can't keep having this just like security companionship relationship, yeah. you know, like, but, she's but like, then I gotta call this off. Yeah. But then by the time that happens, she's helped him get comfortable talking to women and he's set her up with an apartment or something. And I don't right. know. I just am like, she's not even talking about like sleeping with the guy. She's just talking about yeah. being his friend for money and 
that's just harmless. It's yeah. so harmless. Also, he's just uh, sh- the minute she gets her hands on him, too, he's going to get a makeover. And that guy is not unattractive. He's just yeah. like sort of dopey. And yeah. so I'm like, maybe they would have sex. And then, like, honestly, who cares? The, right. my, my biggest deal is like, just pay your sex workers. <laughs> like, yeah. just, just pay. <laughs> just make sure that you pay. But uh, I don't know. I I'm for sale. If anybody listening has money <laughs> for the record, let me know. <laughs> um, but yeah, then we leave that and we go to the final scene, which is gun and angel talking. Um, it's a good scene. We get a lot of good gun uh, yeah. and angel scenes. Um, I love this one I, specifically because gun is still really like upset, upset about his sister and everything. And he also is like, what makes you think I like want your help? Like that's yeah. not, that's not it and he's an angel is like no i get it but i might need yours like yeah that, I, I love yeah. that a lot where he's like no it's no i so might good. need you yeah um and he does he needs him in the next episode and then in shanshu prophecy yeah uh, or Shan shanshu in la um but yeah that's this episode this love very it. quick episode yeah i figured we were not gonna it's, actually get into like a whole lot there's not it, it's actually not like a super deep episode and because yeah. it it sort of retreads a couple of things from buffy yeah that we've already talked about. It's like the the best thing about this episode is that it introduces Gunn and right. he, he also has better episodes later. So way better episodes. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. That's uh that's this episode. Next week is primeval <laughs> on Buffy. I'm excited. I'm excited um, too. But thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Trevor Carley. And I'm with my other show, at So I'm Watching, and my personal account at FiddleDD85. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.